and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every day we stand in an epic spiritual battle between good and evil, and safety is of the Lord. This is Truth Dealer Radio. Warning believers to wake up and be sober, encouraging believers to stand on the Word of God, and motivating believers to be truth dealers with a bold witness for Jesus Christ in these end times. And now the host of Truth Dealer Radio, Brian Moonen. It's Truth O'Clock. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio, where no matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. I am Brian Moonen, and I'm sounding the alarm, asking you to wake up and join the battle for truth. Of course, the truth is God's Word. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. And today we're actually going to be talking about the heart and how there's two different kinds of hearts and they represent two ways. Let's get right into the Bible. And I don't want to waste any time because there's a lot of scripture here. It's basically a Bible study today. And I just want to get some time in the Word with you and encourage you and help you, hopefully, Lord willing, help myself. God's Word is always a help. Amen. And this is what we need to sow in our hearts and to meditate upon every day. Ezekiel eleven nineteen through 21. And I will give them one heart. And I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep mine ordinances and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But as for them whose heart walketh after the heart of their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their way upon their own heads, saith the Lord God. Praise God. It's a work that God does, amen. He will give us a heart of flesh. What we have when we're lost is a heart of stone. We're dead in our sins. And God causes this change. He gives us life, amen, by grace, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God manifests in the flesh, okay? And right here in this verse, it's spelled out clearly that It represents two ways. One way is God's way. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. You'll have the ways of life, okay? The other way is our way, our flesh way. That's what's ironic about this, because when we usually think of the flesh, we think of our carnal nature. In this verse here, God giving us a heart of flesh, it's to symbolize he's softening our hearts. Our hardened hearts are turned against him. And we love sin. We're following after these these detestable things and abominations. And it says, I will recompense their way upon their own heads. See, that's there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but they are the ways of death. So God is showing us here, there's two clear paths. There's two clear ways One is with your heart of stone that hasn't been converted, that hasn't been softened, that hasn't repented, that hasn't been changed. And the other way is to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ and follow him and allow him to change you from the inside out and give you a new heart. 
Amen. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Amen. See, there's a whole other way to live when we're saved. We have the Holy Spirit. I'll put a new spirit. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. We have a new walk, a different way to walk, different ways to act, different choices. What we want to do changes. Now, we don't always perfectly act that out and walk that out. We fall, we make mistakes, we still sin. But as you get further and further down that road with the Lord Jesus Christ, walking with the Lord, studying the scriptures, praying, allowing him to show you things, you sin less and less. And you look back and you see the growth that he has brought about. Okay, It's his work that he does. And he's sanctifying us. Amen. So all glory goes to the Lord Jesus Christ for all good things that come about in our walk with Jesus, okay? And and his word is so powerful. As we read in the beginning of each show, it's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing. He's, he's going to pierce in and show you what needs to change. And he's going to divide right from wrong. And he's going to discern what's in your heart. He knows what's in our heart. And we're going to talk about all this matters of the heart today, so to speak. Psalm seventy three twenty six through 28. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all thy works." Praise God. See, again, there's this strong contrast bef- between, between the lost and the saved. The lost are destroyed. They're perishing. They're going against themselves and they don't realize it. They're the enemies of God, according to the New Testament and many other verses in the Bible. And they, they shall perish. But for us, we can draw near to God. We can come boldly to the throne of God and pray and ask him of things. And he answers us. He loves us. And he has redeemed us. And he has given us that new heart and his Holy Spirit, which empowers us to live a holy life and to separate from sin and to choose his way over the other way, the old way, the former way, the abominable ways the detestable things that he loathes, things that he died on the cross to redeem us from, amen? Things that aren't cute and funny to him, we have to discern through God's word, through his Holy Spirit, and we have to yield to the heart of flesh. We have to yield to God's heart and God's spirit and lay down our life and follow him. Amen. And and deny our flesh and follow his heart and his spirit. Amen. And it's a daily battle. It's a daily inventory to take. Amen. And we need to tune our hearts to the Lord. 
and be honest with him and with ourselves every day and and try to allow him to correct these things. So a lot of times in the Bible, it talks about loving God with our whole heart. Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Amen. We need to love God with our whole heart. And that's not always easy because our carnal side, our our fallen side of our regular flesh does not want to do that, right? That's why Jesus Christ said we need to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. Amen? Otherwise, there'd be nothing to it. We could just la-di-da, walk through, and we'd always be following the Lord and like robots. This is not the case. But still, we have to keep in mind that it's His work. He's perfecting. He's performing a good work in us. But He does give us responsibility. Amen? And when we don't follow, and we don't listen, and when we don't obey, we will be chastened. If we're children of God, we'll be chastened for that, okay? And if there was no such thing as sin after salvation, there'd be no need for chastening. There'd be no such thing as sanctification. And these are clear doctrines in the Bible. So I've had people write to me recently, ask about these matters, some of these things. This is the answer, okay? There's no such thing as sinless perfection this side of heaven. Anyone who's telling you that they've attained that is a false prophet and a liar, and they're making God out to be a liar. Read First John, the whole book, and realize it's written to Christians. And that settles it, okay? But getting back to this study, we all need a clean heart. Amen? When we're born, no matter how cute we are, just met my new great nephew last week. He's so adorable, <laughs> and he's so lovable, and he's cute. But you know what? He's not sinless. He is a human. He's a person. And he's going to grow up and disobey the Ten Commandments. He's going to separate. He's going to be a sinner. You know, it's it's not to sound mean, but, you know, this is where we all come from. We've all been through the same experience. We're all here in this world. We're not God. And that's why he had to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Otherwise, Jesus wasted his time and suffered and died and bled his holy blood for no reason. That would be a pretty stupid thing to do if there was not a reason, a good reason for it, okay? And there is a good reason for it because he loves us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life, okay? This is a good reason. So it's not a waste, but we have to admit these things. We have to realize my heart is wicked without God. And I have to turn to him to to have the antidote. You know, it's like if you have someone that knows they're sick and you had the cure, how stupid would it be for them to just keep rejecting the cure? When you're trying to tell them, no, it's free. I have it right here. I love you. I want you to be, I don't want you to be sick and, and die and perish. I want you to live and, and go on with a happy life. And be free from all these pains and sorrow and and baggage and sickness and and sadness. I want you to be 
free to go on. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want that. It's because the devil has people deceived. They're deceived in their pride. They don't want to admit that they're deceived. But the Bible says that Satan has them blinded from the truth. So pray for those that are lost that you know that God will just open their eyes to the truth. Amen. They need the Lord Jesus Christ to change their heart and to give them the Holy Spirit and to forgive their sins and make them a new creature in Christ, which involves having a new heart. Amen. Proverbs 20 verse 9 through 10 reminds us that we all have a heart that needs to be cleaned. Amen. Who can say, I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sin. Nobody can say that because we've all sinned. Amen. That's the point. When you hear a Christian witnessing to you, they're not trying to tell you they're better than you because they're not a sinner. That's the whole point. And if you do, they're not, they're wrong. <laughs> they're, they're not coming at you from the right perspective. Okay. They're, they're being prideful or a Pharisee or something. But that doesn't mean the Bible's not true. Your soul is worth it. Go detect these things for yourself. Read the Bible for yourself. And people have their old excuses. Oh, I'm hypocrites, this and that. Yeah, well, you go through the rest of your life without that attitude. You know, there's, there's bad this and there's bad that, but you still eat food and you still go to stores and you still have a job and you still go through your life, have relationships and this and that. You don't reject God based on that. That's a phony excuse. Yeah, there's hypocrites everywhere. That's too bad. That's life. But also, people who are in that position can grow and change. People study the Bible and they learn things and they repent of, of things and move on. So you can't be so judgmental of all people and use that as your excuse and judge God based on people or on his followers, so to speak. Nobody is perfect. That's the point. Someone who is truly born again will be the first one to tell you what kind of sinner they were before. And that they're humble. They've repented toward God and they'll tell the world, yeah, that was me. I was a wicked sinner. I did this, this, and that, and the other thing. That's the whole point. I needed Jesus Christ. He's changed me. And now I'm a new person because of him. Amen? I had people in my family before try to throw things in my face, throw up sins from the past, like they thought they were going to hurt me. I just turned it around. That's my testimony. I'm not ashamed of that. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ saved me from that. Praise God. Yeah, I'll admit that. Yeah, I did that. That's the point. And you're no better. Whose life is on the right track now by God's grace? Okay, we, we need to realize we're either God's enemy or God's child. God's enemies are never going to win. They're going to lose and they're going to perish. Amen. So try and help people to understand that in love. So this Proverbs 20 verse 9 through 10 continues I'll read the whole thing this time. Who can say I have made my heart clean? I am pure from sin. We answered that. Nobody. Diverse weights and diverse measures, both of them are like abomination to the Lord. And okay, so this is like a false weight and a false balance, a cheating scale. That's the person who's trying to say they made themselves clean before God without Jesus. 
That's an abomination to God because you can't say that. That's a false weight. Your good works or your lack of bad works can never equal the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life for you on the cross. It will never equal it. So you will always be found wanting. You will perish without the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll die and go to hell without Jesus. And people who love you are trying to tell you that. Not sanctimonious people who want you to live by a bunch of certain bunch of rules. It's not about that. It's about your heart before God. God wants to change your heart. And people who love you want you to have your heart changed because it's going to save your life, save your soul, and give you a new path, a new life. These are things you can't accomplish on your own with 12-step programs and, and this and that. It'll never work. The dog returns to his vomit. Okay? And the Bible warns us about that. So diverse weights and diverse measures, are they're an abomination to the Lord. That's a heart of stone that thinks... I can get it. I can get to heaven. I can avoid punishment my way. I'm stone-hearted. I'm I'm stiff-necked. I'll get this done. I'm tough. You know what you're doing? You're just rejecting the savior of mankind. You're rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're putting yourself in his place. That's satanic. And that's idol worship. And that's why it needs to be repented of. Because it, it's an abomination to the Lord. So the Bible clearly teaches we are to love God and seek Him with, the, with our whole heart. Continuing on, Psalm 119, 2-4. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity that walk in His ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Amen. And see, yeah, when, when you're on the path of Jesus, when you're following Jesus, there is a different path. There is a different way to walk by his grace, with his power that he gives us through the Holy Spirit. And we are to seek him and his ways with our whole heart. We'll get into more scriptures when we come back. We'll be right back on Truth Dealer Radio. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. Since 2016, KJV Prepper has been providing quality, original Christian apparel and gear that will witness to non-believers and encourage believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. All designs are original and all apparel is printed here at the KJV Prepper Workshop in beautiful upstate New York. Visit kjvprepper.com for effective Christian apparel, worn to worn. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio. We do have quite a few new things on the site. Christian apparel, kjvprepper.com. That's my business. So I really appreciate all those who you know, want to support that work. And also truthdealer-radio.com. There's a way to donate to this program if you want to support the work we're doing here. And I really appreciate that. Praise God and I thank God for that and for all those who care and are willing to do that. Getting back into the scriptures here, we're talking about how we're, we're called and commanded to love God with our whole heart. 
whether we're lost or saved, that's why the lost are guilty before God. They don't love the Lord with all their heart. Okay, They love sin. They love themselves above God. And I talked about before how that's basically idolatry. You put yourself in that place of worship. You'll do everything to please your flesh and your own wants and desires, your covetous desires, your false ideas and ways. Everything will be for yourself, all about you, okay? And that's not to say there aren't lost people that are kind and and thoughtful and generous too. But in their heart, when it comes to God, they're really their own God. They don't want to submit to God. God knows what's in their heart. We don't. But if they're not saved, they've got a heart of stone compared to being saved, being born again, having God's Holy Spirit, having a heart of flesh that God has softened and given life to, eternal life. So moving on here, you're blessed if you seek the Lord. Psalm 119, 2 through 4. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Okay, it's work. It comes after being saved, but keeping God's precepts and following after him with our whole heart, seeking him, it's not like there's nothing to do there. We're called and told to study the Bible, to show thyself approved unto God. That's work too. Studying the Bible, it's not just reading a few verses here and there to feel like you can check off the box on your daily planner. Studying the Bible is to be from the heart. You got to go into the Bible with your heart toward God. Like you, you need God to show you and you want to learn about him and you're communicating with him in prayer and you're, you're hearing what he's saying in his word so you can apply it to your life and get the help that you need and get the nourishment and the power that you need out of his word. Amen. It shouldn't be just, you know, a schedule or a habit. It has to be from the heart. So verse 12 says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. And that's what we were just saying, studying God's word. You need, we need to know his statutes. We need to know what his word says so his word can be a lamp unto our feet so it'll help us walk in the narrow way so our heart can be toward him and in obedience. Amen. Psalm 138, 1 through 2. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Praise God. And you know, Jesus Christ, I've talked about this before, the Lord, he is the word made flesh and his name is above every name. Amen. It's interesting how that goes with Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Jesus said, all power, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's all powerful. And he can help you. Psalm 119, 34 through 38. Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments. For therein do I delight. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. 
Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. Praise God. And you see how much stark contrast is always there. There's so much contrast in these directions. Okay, there's the path of God's commandments and his testimonies, and then there's covetousness and vanity and death and punishment and and perishing. Okay, it's always the contrast. And God gives us free will. And he'll let people that are lost feel the sting. He'll let them feel and see the consequences of their sin to try and reach them, to try and help them and see that, hey, you're on this path that's leading to destruction. I had a lost man tell me just the other day, we were talking about the New York State abortion law in the barbershop, and he said, we're on the path for destruction. And he's not a saved man, but he understands there's a price to pay, and we can use these things to try and witness to people and show them there's consequences ahead for individually for you, for each person. But yes, the wages of sin is death. And God can use these circumstances and things to show the contrast and to show them, you know, this person's life is a mess. It's totally messed up. They're they're following after their own self and everything but God. And they're going basically careening off a cliff. These people over here are following the Lord. They're healthy. They're joyful. Their home has peace. They're thankful to God for what they have. They rely and trust in him and he and he answers their prayers. And even when troubles come and trials come and challenges come through life, you know, part of life, they have hope and peace through the storm. Amen, because we trust in the Lord. We have faith and hope. And he gets us through it. That's a big contrast there. So praise the Lord for that. And don't give up hope. Keep praying for people that they'll see these contrasts. They'll see what God is doing in the life of believers and see what the absence of God and being the child of the devil is doing to their life. Because that's a stark contrast in every life, no matter who you're looking at. And like I said, you might, they might look good on the outside, Rich, cars, houses, everything, jewels, but their heart is what God sees. And in their heart, they're miserable because they know they're going to die and go to hell. And it's going to come out one way or the other. They will not escape God's judgment. No matter how much riches or how many awards they get or how much recognition they get from mankind, before God, if they're not saved, if they're not born again, and they're not his child, they will not escape his judgment. They're under God's condemnation. They're under God's wrath. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So for us, I say, establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. We need to have the fear of the Lord and ask him to help us with our hearts to make sure we're not going astray and following back after old things and and patterns and worldly things. We need to be in the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, and start on that path back to him and say, 
I, I need your wisdom. Daily. Isaiah 1, 4 through 7. Now we're going to go on to a nationwide scale here with a few verses. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should ye be stricken any more? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour in your presence. And it is desolate, as overthrown by strangers." And I pray that that's not going to be the case here in this country. But we have revolted against God in so many ways. And I pray that we would repent as a nation and turn our hearts toward God. Jeremiah 3.10-12 through 12, And yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah hath not turned unto me with her whole heart, but feignedly, saith the Lord. That's something we need to look out for as individuals as well. It's feigned. But like I said, God knows. He knows what's really in your heart, what you're longing after and what you're going after and looking for out of life. You don't have your whole heart given over to him. And the Lord said unto me, The backsliding Israel hath justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return, thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you. For I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. God is merciful. He's calling out to each person. Nobody goes to hell that God didn't extend his grace to, but they reject. I've seen it too many times. I've seen people reject right in my face, a track. And say, I'm all good. I don't want that or I don't need that. And they know it's about Jesus. They reject him. They will not have a thing to say to God on judgment day. No one will. Amen. God's merciful and loving and gracious. And he is extending his grace and his mercy to people. And Jesus Christ says in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. You can't, you can't go above that. Because if you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, Thy soul and thy mind, the heart's first. I'm not going to try and break that down and give you all the meanings of heart, soul, and mind because I don't know if I understand it enough. But heart is first. So, And when you're loving God that way, you'll be right with your neighbor too. And if you're saved and you're loving God like that, with your heart, your soul, and your mind, all your heart, 
soul and mind, you're going to love your neighbor in such a way that you're going to want to share the truth with them and obey Jesus and share the gospel. So the Bible also teaches that our heart is the source of thoughts and imaginations. That's interesting because we just think of our heart as kind of a, a thing that pumps blood. But obviously, too, even in songs and everything else over the years, your heart is given kind of a intangible meaning. And the Bible gives it that. Okay, the Bible talks about the heart as not just being a physical organ that pumps blood. Okay, there's something about it. Heart and soul and mind. Luke 1, 50 through 51. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. So your heart can think of things. Your heart can have an imagination. But it's not just your mind. Because heart, soul, and mind are three different things we just read about that Jesus mentioned. And I think Jesus knows what he's talking about. He created us. Amen. So that's interesting. Our hearts can have imaginations. Matthew six twenty one. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know how that ties in with imagination. When people sit around and daydream and think of fantasizing what they want and everything, that's what's in their heart. That's the treasure that's in their heart, what they're kind of lusting after or or envisioning or whatever. And we can have desires that are godly that aren't sinful. I'm not saying you can't you can't think of things and imagine things, but there's a difference there, okay? This is talking about sinful desires and sinful you know, covetous or just self-oriented, selfish thoughts and imaginations and desires that are detestable and abomination to God. It's again with the, the unjust weights. You're just putting yourself before God all the time in your imagination, in your heart. Luke twenty four thirty eight, And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? See, so again, it's, it's, it's in the heart we can have thoughts and imaginations contrary to God, contrary to God's will. And this is where kind of sin begins in the thoughts and intents of the heart, you know, that can, that can lead to actions. And praise God, by his Holy Spirit, by the power of God, by God's grace, he gives us the power to cast down imaginations 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. So we can have our heart in the obedience of Christ. We can take captive those thoughts and those imaginations that aren't right, that are wrong, that are wicked or that are, or that are just not God's will. And we can submit to God in that way. And we can, he can help us. He will help us to guide our thoughts and our imaginations, especially when we wash our mind with the word of God. This is why it's so important to read the Bible every day. And I, I exhort and remind and, and try to help my kids to remember to read in the morning as I do, because it's not because I want, you know, them to do what I do, but I, I've seen the pattern that in my life, it helps 
You have to be grounded. You have to get up in the morning and thank God for another day and spend time with him. Amen. And and get into the word of God or you're going to be all messed up the rest of the day. You'll be dry. You'll be miserable depending on what day. Someday you might get all through the most of the day and think you're fine. I don't know. Every day is different. But thank God he's allowed me to get into the pattern, at least read and pray, you know, sweet hour of prayer. There's that old song. It's so true. Spend an hour with God in the morning. It's only one hour. I mean, you spend many hours if you can. But, you know, we have to get going and do what we need to do each day. But one hour in the morning, set your alarm a little earlier and get up and and spend that time with him. It will never, ever be wasted. And then you get grounded, amen? It's a foundation. You'd be surprised too, during the day, things will happen or be said or or come up or or whatever, or thoughts. (laughs) And you know what? What you read in the morning will help you battle that or help you answer that. It's really amazing how God uses his word to help us, you know, throughout our trials and throughout things that happen and come up each day. Praise God. Jesus was talking about how sin, you know, comes forth from the heart. Matthew 15, 18 through 21. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hand defileth not a man. See, it's not what's on the outside. It doesn't matter if you wear white to a a government State of the Union address. If what's in your heart is that you don't want to save the life of unborn kids, you want to kill babies and tax everybody 95% of their wealth so you can fund abortion and other wicked programs, that's satanic. That's wicked. It doesn't matter what you wear on the outside. doesn't matter if you're, doesn't matter anything unless your heart is turned toward God. Even the people that are trying to do the right things, so to speak, if they're lost, you can do the right thing all you want. You're going to die and go to hell too because you're not doing it for the right reason. You may be doing it for recognition or money or power or so you can look good while really in your heart, other things are happening behind the scenes. And I mean, this is where sin originates in the heart. Thoughts, imaginations, James talks about that as well. In James 1, in James 1 verse 14, but every man is tempted, well, verse 13 through 14, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Okay, so, and lust, you know, even the world recognizes that has to do with the heart. You know, you think about love and lust and all that stuff. It's all tied together with your heart, so to speak. And these are where the thoughts originate. Thoughts, imaginations. And when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. So it all starts with a thought. You don't just sin out of the blue. You you don't do anything with your body unless you think of it first. Your brain has to be told what to do. Amen? And our design is amazing by God. 
but you don't you know you don't go in and make macaroni and cheese for lunch unless you're telling your body to do it you don't just sleepwalk in there and all of a sudden you got a bowl of something in front of you oh how did this get here same thing with sin and the same thing with holiness that's why we have to worship god with our whole heart okay and wash and renew our mind with the water with the the holy words of god and focus on god in all things and then we're going to be more likely to obey him and and try to please him you can't please god without faith amen and we need to have faith you know it's it's amazing when you obey god he shows up and does these amazing things and and I'm uh, a lot of times I wonder, you know, I wonder if I didn't obey earlier, what would have happened today? Because, you know, we're always trying to avoid temptation and there's choices, there's things that come up and only it's between you and God. And when you do the right thing, sometimes amazing things will happen later on. I sometimes wonder, wonder what it would have been like today if I didn't make this choice earlier. And God shows you, like I said, he shows you these contrasts and these things in your own life. It's just all between you and him. You know, it's beautiful, intimate relationship. And praise the Lord that he can, he cares about us so much. He shows us these, these things and that's how he helps us to grow and he increases our faith by these things. And, but the point is that only God can purify our hearts. Acts 15, eight through nine. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Okay, so faith purifies our hearts. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. God sent his word, Jesus Christ. God sent his word through the prophets. Only God can do these things. It's all because God saved us. He sent his son to save the world, okay? Not Justice League, not Marvel creatures. He sent Jesus, amen? So praise God for that. Psalm 51.10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Only God can do it. Only God can give a new heart to a person with a, a stiff neck and a, a heart of stone, only God could give me a new heart. Okay? I can't even get into what I was into before. I forgot my testimony online. I'm not going to get into it in this show. It'll be five hours long. Only God did it. <laughs> Praise God. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Okay? And God purifies our hearts through faith. Because when, when he gives you faith, when you get saved, you're clean. You're made clean. He gives you a clean heart and a Holy Spirit. Amen. And God's word needs to be sown in our heart. Luke eight fifteen says, But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Lastly, I just want to point out too that we forgive people from the heart, okay? Matthew 18:35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one of his brother their trespasses. Jesus is talking about right there a person that didn't want to forgive someone else. Someone that 
had a bitter attitude and they didn't want to forgive. And their heart was, he was saying, you know, that's what God's going to do to you. He's not going to forgive you. So if you're a lost person and you're harboring all these grudges and bitterness towards people that you think hurt you before, and whether they said sorry or not, it doesn't matter. But you don't want to forgive them or you don't want to forget. You're doing it to your own damnation. Because God is not going to accept you unless you lay down that bitterness. That's sin. You need to turn away from that and look at yourself in the mirror and realize you need to be forgiven by God. If you want God's forgiveness, you need to be willing to forgive your fellow man. And as Christians especially, we should not be holding grudges against other Christians. We should pray for people. If there's people who did us wrong or or things and situations that didn't turn out the way we thought, we pray for those people. Okay, and we shouldn't have any bitterness. And, and it doesn't mean you need to be in contact. There's some people we we separate sometimes from people. Doesn't mean we hate them or harbor bitterness against them. We pray for them. I hope they pray for us. But if there's sickness there, if there's bitterness there, that's going to hurt you. So you need to let go of it. Amen. And you know it's it's Christ-like to let go and and ask God to help you forgive and forget and move on. Amen. So praise God that he gives us his word. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Praise God. And this is how we're sanctified through God's word. And I just want to encourage you again, get in the word of God and allow it to change your heart, okay? And if you're lost and you have a heart of stone, I pray that you heard this message and that God will open your eyes and you'll just surrender to him, okay? Because he loves you and he wants to save you. He wants to give you a heart of flesh that will live forever with him in heaven. Thank you for listening. Again, if you want to support Truth Dealer Radio, there's a way to do that at truthdealer-radio.com. We're listener-supported. I'll be tuning in again next time. God bless you. Be strong. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. TruthDealerRadio.com. You keep talking about Jesus. Some folks out there just might be listening.